Tennessee Association of School Psychology podcast, where we discuss issues relevant to school psychologists in Tennessee. Today, we're discussing how to advocate for increased school psych services in schools by talking to your legislators. But first, a quick disclaimer. Taylor and I both work for Metro Nashville Public Schools, and our views do not represent our district. We're just two people who have several microphones and want to help you rock the state house via the TASP website. Yeah, so I'm Taylor. And I'm Kate. And um, our goal here is to make you feel more comfortable with talking to your state legislators. It can be really scary. I get that. Um, Because these people have suits and they have fancy offices and we work in small closets. Um, But that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But they work for us. They literally work for us. So um, we have every right to be there and to make our voice heard and to speak on behalf of our students and our profession. One of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this topic right now is that more and more people are becoming interested in advocacy. And in a lot of ways, this is the perfect time to address these types of issues due to the increased media and general public interest in issues like school safety and mental health concerns. Plus, I know at least in my schools, and I'm sure in a lot of schools across Tennessee, teachers groups are really embracing the power of social media to bring attention to education causes. And we think TASP is perfectly situated to help psychologists step into this advocacy role as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're um, ready to start making a difference, making your voice heard, um, we're really glad that you're here. We're glad that you're listening. and. Um, this is not anything that any one person can can make can do. Um, one person is not gonna make much of a ripple, but all of our voices together can really make a difference. One of the reasons why this podcast is going to be cool, I think, is because Taylor is our resident expert on being the squeaky wheel. Taylor, what have you done with going to talk to legislators in the past? Um, Yeah, so last spring, I guess, um, I went to what um, TEA calls civication. So over spring break, they have this event where a lot of teachers, a lot of educators go to the state house in Nashville and meet with legislators. And so I, um, I sent an email to my state senator and my representative and I scheduled a meeting with them and went and, and talked with them, and both of them were really receptive to what I had to say. They, um, It was a really good experience, and that's not always the case. They're not always ready to listen to an educator, but in my case, they were. And um, I talked about some of the concerns that I had. At that point, there was a bill in um, in Congress that was going to try to outlaw social-emotional learning, which makes zero sense whatsoever. And so I just kind of talked to my senator about why that made no sense at all. And he said, oh, yeah, that's a great point. That really doesn't make any sense at all. So, um, but anyway, so I've spoken to our Tennessee State Congress people. And um, I also got to visit with one of Lamar Alexander, who's the U.S. Senator for Tennessee. We got to speak with one of his 
um, I guess, his representatives in Nashville um, pretty recently. So I got to tag along with you to that visit. Yes, you did. And one thing that I found the most interesting when we went to meet with him is it seemed like he was pretty knowledgeable about the bill that uh, Lamar Alexander has put forward about extra funding for school counselors. But when we started talking about school psychologists, his representative had never even heard of a school psychologist mm-hmm. and didn't understand what the difference was between a, between a school psychologist and a counselor. And I think, again, that's something that comes up a lot in our field. And mm-hmm. I think maybe school counselors and school social workers have done a little bit better lately of advocating for their positions and the importance of the work that they're doing in schools which is why I'm really glad that we are taking the step to help other school psychologists feel comfortable stepping into that role too. Yeah, that's a great point. Like lots of others, um, other sectors of education professionals have people that speak on their behalf and, and they're also um, like vocal about what they want and need for their, their students, their schools. And I think school psych is no, no different from them, and that also we have a, a unique perspective. So when you do go meet with a legislator, or if it's just an email or a phone call, um, be proud that you're a school psychologist and tell them what, what you do and how that makes you different, um, because they, they, they need to know that, and they also want to know that. They want to be educated on, um, you know, what the needs are of their constituents. I totally agree. And as Dr. Bev Whalen of MMPS points out all the time, if you aren't at the table, you might be on the menu. So mm-hmm. now is the time to get yes. our voices heard, right, Taylor? Yes, absolutely. So now seems like a perfect time maybe to transition to a special guest that we have in my dining room here while we're <laughs> recording this podcast. And that special guest would be none other than my mom whose name is Pam Price. You want to introduce yourself and let everyone know why you are our resident expert today? My name is Pam Price, and I have worked at all levels of government, local, state, and federal, over the past 30 years. I've worked as a lobbyist for a community organization, a chamber of commerce. And just before I retired, I was the executive director for a regional planning district in Indiana. So I really have a lot of experience talking with our elected officials on all levels. We're so glad we're, we have you to bounce ideas off of and give us some tips on how to do this the right way. Um, so what would you say would be the first step for somebody who wants to go speak with the legislator if they have a concern? Well, I think that you said it well when you said that they work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they are there to represent us, but there are a whole lot of different views and different perspectives that they're trying to address. Be sure when you go to talk to them that you have rehearsed what you want to say, have your talking points, keep it short, and leave them with a handout. Hmm. It's always a good idea to send a thank you note. I'm a firm believer in a handwritten note, but these days, an email it will probably suffice. Emails work as well? Yes. That's great. So to me, that's what you just said sounds kind of like a job interview. You go, you you dress up, you bring something that they keep with them to remember you by, and then you follow up with an email or a note later. Uh, very similar, yes. Um, 
you want to be sure to keep your uh, talking points concise. They have a ton of people knocking down their door wanting to see them and limited time, and they have a limited attention span. And one thing to remember is it is highly likely that you'll meet with a staff person, as you did with Senator Alexander, rather than with your elected official, um, especially on the state level. Um, if you decide that you're going to go to Washington to meet with your federal legislators, then uh, the chances are a little bit better that you'll get to see the elected representative. Mm. But they typically are going to keep their FaceTime with you to maybe five, ten minutes max. Yeah. So I heard you say that it's a good idea to bring a written copy of your main talking points. Is there anything else that people should bring to these types of appointments? Any kind of educational material. If there is a, a bill that you would like to have introduced or a bill that's under consideration, then having a copy of that or any kind of statistical information, studies that validate your point of view. Um, but it's really best to keep it concise and talking points or bullet points on a handout are going to uh, be something else that they're going to take the time to look at. Um, if you have 40 pages of single space typing material, they're not going to look past the first page. They just got too much to do. Right. I've also read in my little Googlings that um, you should come like with a specific ask. And so that sounds like you're saying stay concise, have like one or maybe two topics that you want to make sure that they, like when you leave them, that's what they they got from you. Correct. And it never hurts to go multiple times. I mean, maybe you are going to go twice a year or three times a year. Um, You also want to set yourself up as being an expert that if something comes up about um, violence in schools, they're going to think, oh, I can call Kate and Taylor. Mm -hmm. They'll have information on this. You want to be a resource for them. That's a great point. Yeah. Kind of going back to something that Taylor said a few minutes ago, I know when I do this type of stuff, one of the things that makes me a little bit nervous is what are you supposed to wear when you go to a visit like this? Can you give us some advice on what to do and not to do in that regard? Always dress professionally. So um, I know sometimes um, because of the nature of the work, uh, education professionals may dress a little bit more casually at work. I mean, if you have to get down on the floor, to work with kids, Mm -hmm. then you definitely aren't going to wear a business suit. But when you're going to meet with your elected officials, it's always important to dress professionally. Um, You Obviously, you don't want to dress like you're going out for um, date night, but um, dressing professionally in a business suit or a coordinated outfit is always an important thing. It's a it's a good way to represent yourself. And um, think of it, yes, like a job interview, mm-hmm. that you want to make a good impression and you want to come across as being a professional. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that Kate and I talked about earlier about when we meet as a group um, with our legislators. We want them, we want to leave them thinking, oh, I, I like school psychologists. These people are obviously professional and very knowledgeable. And um, that, I think, is one of the most important things we can do is to present ourselves in such a way that people think positively of school psychs and um, want to ask us for, for help or for exactly. our, our input later right. on. 
that they're going to want your opinion, you are going to be the expert that they turn to. So what's the best way to set up a group visit if you want the moral support of some of your friends when you go do this? Um, Work with the scheduler. Typically, um, definitely, when you're working on the federal level, they're going to have a scheduler. Mm -hmm. And you want to be that person's friend so that they are going to want to help you. Um, On the state level, it's been my experience that state uh, legislators typically have a smaller staff, mm-hmm. but if you can ferret out through some investigating, either I mean, uh, simply calling up and talking on the phone and saying, "Hey, who sets the schedule mm-hmm. for this legislator?" Um, talk to the scheduler and let them know what you're looking to do. Um, once you establish a relationship, you can do it by email, but you want to remember that typically. You talked about your offices being closet-like. <laughs> Frequently, um, legislators don't have huge spaces mm-hmm. uh, to work in, so you don't want to bring 10 of your closest friends. Um, so maybe it would be better to have, like, three separate meetings of just, like, two or three people going. Well, I mean, three or four people mm-hmm. would be fine. Um, you Depending, I mean, and, and that's a good question to ask the scheduler. Mm-hmm. What are your space limitations? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and be sure before you go in that you've talked to everybody and everybody knows what they're supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, some of them may be there just to be bobbleheads, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm good at being a bobblehead. <laughs> but um, make sure that you know Kate knows what her end of the thing Right. It's going to be. What her talking uh, point exactly. is. Exactly. What my talking point exactly. is. Exactly. Okay. Any other tips on things that you absolutely should not do? I wouldn't go in uh, chewing gum <laughs> with a lollipop. Um, you don't want to go in um, with everybody having a cup of coffee or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just how, you know, how to manage that during the meeting. Right. It can be an issue, and then what happens if you knock it over? So well, That would be so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would be. If you're going to uh, a federal legislator, um, it never hurts. Well, let me back up. Anytime that you have a group of people, you want to provide a list of the name, position, contact for each person. Oh, that's a great idea. That's so a great idea. Um, that they can, I mean, legislators are great about sending thank you notes mm-hmm. or asks for f- contributions. For donations. Camp- <laughs> yes, at campaign time. So they like having the names. Exactly. Yeah. But they want to know who they're talking to, and, and is it Joe Blow off the street, or is it Catherine and Taylor who work for Metro National School District? Yeah. So that's important. Um, I have... From time to time, when I've gone to meet with state legis or excuse me, federal legislators, taking a small gift from the community. Hmm. Uh, I mean, in Indiana, we used we had a a drawing of different uh, buildings that were in in icon iconic locations mm-hmm. in the community, and we one time when we went, we took each one of the legislators a copy of that print. Um, Senator Luger had had it in his office, which was so kind of cool. nice. That's cool. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's, um, 
appropriate to ask for a photo? Like, how is how does that generally play with? Uh, typically, um, especially federal legislators, they will assume that there is going to be a group photo, mm. and they will have their staff photographer come. Okay. And do that, um, and you will frequently receive in the mail a print that's autographed, Ooh, which that's is nice. Fancy. Um, there is absolutely no problem with asking uh, a staffer to take a picture mm-hmm. of the group or one or two people with the legislator, and um, you want to use that with social media. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. They like having their pictures taken. What if you would like to meet, especially I'm thinking at the state level, with some legislators, but you don't live in their district? How open are they to meeting with somebody that lives in Tennessee but wouldn't necessarily be a voting person for them? Um, I, my experience has been they're very open to it. They, I mean, they want to be educated. Uh, when we used to go to Washington to meet with our legislators, we frequently met with... Uh, members of Congress that were not from our area. Mm-hmm. They liked knowing what was going on in different parts of the state. And, you know, they always have an eye to expanding their role in government. So they're thinking ahead of, that you know, what sense. happens when yeah. I run for Senate. Or for governor yes. or whatever. Exactly. That's a great point. That is a great point. So it sounds to me like these are people that want to be approachable and they mm-hmm. want their constituents and Absolutely. even just people from their state in their office. So they should be pretty receptive. To think when favorably a big, of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we can get a big gaggle of school psychologists a calling gaggle. them up. Then. Yes. Well, the other thing, too, is, um, Kate, you mentioned earlier that you hadn't necessarily done a great job of um, explaining what the job of a school psychologist was versus a a school counselor. Um, And legislators don't know. I mean, Mm -hmm. unless they've worked in the education arena, they don't know. And they want to be educated. This is a a timely topic. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Do you have any other questions for our resident expert, Taylor? No, I don't think so. Pam, thank you so much for talking with us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. All right. So kind of circling back more specifically to our points with for school psychology specifically, Taylor, mm-hmm. um, since I know that you've done this, can you talk a little bit about specifically how you've set up meetings with legislators, legislators in the past? Yeah. So um, the very first time I did it, I kind of had to harass the scheduler, as uh, Pam mentioned. Um, I sent him a couple emails, called a couple times, and what was happening at that point is that they didn't know the senator's schedule until just a week before, because the, um, like, the sessions for the the meetings in the Senate hadn't been set yet, so he wasn't sure when he was going to be available. But um, it's just, it's only a matter of an email or a phone call, whichever you're more comfortable with, and you can get that contact information online. So every legislator that ever existed, you can very easily find their um, their contact information. Um, I know there's a specific website and I can post that website, but even just Googling find my state senator, you'll be able to put in your zip code and then that'll send you directly to who you're supposed to talk to. 
If it's okay with you, I want to transition a little bit and maybe we can talk about some of the specific talking points that might be great Mm -hmm. to bring to these types of visits. If uh, we, spoiler alert, try to schedule some visits maybe during School Psychology Awareness Week this year. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, Because it's School Psych Awareness Week and we want to bring more awareness to our cause and to our profession, that's that's kind of how we've timed it. Um, So the talking points that we've discussed so far relate a lot to the BEP or the Basic Education Plan. Um, Right now, Tennessee's BEP funds one school psych to every 2,500 kids. um, That doesn't sound like the NASP recommendation. Doesn't sound at all like the NASP recommendation. Actually, the average ratio in Tennessee is a bit lower than that. It's around 1,600 to 1,700. But again, that's not every district. Some districts are much higher and some are much lower than that. So. so it sounds like then our major talking point is about how to lower the ratio. And so what would kind of go along with that would be things like, what is your current ratio? How would you be able to be more powerful in your role in your school if funding were allowed for your ratio to approach the mm-hmm. NAPS recommendation? And... Um, what kind of things are you interested in doing, but you're currently unable to do to support your school because of your caseload? Yeah. So when I've um, spoken with NASP, they said that that 1,000 number is really kind of the tipping point for when school psychs are able to start doing a more comprehensive role, like doing um, more mental health case management and prevention and running social skills groups like we really I mean you guys know what our day is like every day and until your ratio is below a thousand it's it's really hard to do any meaningful preventative work um so that's that's what kind of that's what NASP has seen nationally when they do surveys and that's where they they're getting that like 1000 number but most appropriately around five to 700. So maybe even having a personal story about a student and how they were helped by psych services or having some specific suggestions for how reducing the ratio would help students within the legislators constituency. It seems like those would be other good things to think about before this type of meeting. Yeah, absolutely. The um, state senators and representatives that I have spoken to in the past really appreciate that personal story because they want to be able to say, I have a voter that this happened to, and so I'm writing this bill to affect this person. Because having that, um, that one family, that one student to point to really makes people, they can understand how it impacts kids. And then kind of circling back to that part of the conversation that we had a little bit earlier with my mom, it seems like being prepared to talk about what is a school psychologist and how is it distinct from a school counselor or even a school therapist Mm -hmm. would be something that would be good to think about ahead of time too. I know that you saw that article that was in the Tennessean lately that talked about school psychologists mostly and they had information from a NASP representative, but it really conflated a school-based therapist Mm -hmm. from Centerstone with a school counselors and made it seem like it was all the same thing. Right. So that's, that's definitely something that you should maybe um, be prepared to practice of, of 
how is our role unique and um, why are we best suited to support schools and so to support students and teachers? I know NASP has a lot of information on their website too, mm-hmm. but are we going to provide a little bit more information about how school psychologists in Tennessee can get active in advocacy during School Psych Awareness Week? Yes. So um, we're still trying to hammer out the details on that, but we will be making at least one, possibly multiple visits to the State House that week. And um, if you are interested, uh, stay tuned. We'll be sending out email blasts and tweeting. You should definitely follow TASP at TASP online. And um, if you're on Facebook, um, on Facebook as well, so you can kind of get the details about when those visits are going to be happening. And um, we'll also prepare a handout for you so you can just print that out and take that with you. So as Pam was saying, giving those legislators something to to keep when you when you come to visit. Now, Taylor, if people want to come along on the a task organized visit, are you going to be there? If at all possible, unless I've got an eligibility meeting or a data team that I just can't miss. But yeah, that's definitely the plan is to be there. Now, if you're there, are you going to give people those swanky buttons? Oh, yes. I'm so glad you mentioned the buttons. So we um, last year made buttons that say reduce the ratio, um, mental health matters, and they're super cute, and um, they they go with everything. So <laughs> I will I'll bring those with me so we can all we'll be dressed professionally, but have a little button that um, can start the conversation. So even if you're just hanging out by the elevator, bobbleheading in the back, um, that's totally fine. And and if um, we chose reduce the ratio because that's kind of a conversation starter, like we'll reduce what ratio what's a school psychologist again? How's that going to help? So it kind of starts that conversation. Well, anything else that you feel like our huge bank of (laughs) listeners that I know that we'll have to this inaugural podcast? Yes. um, I really want to thank all two of you for listening. (laughs) My mom and my dad. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. But seriously, thank you so much. Um, Just the fact that you're interested in this is is huge like we as a group of school psychologists we can make a difference here if we all use our voices um, in whatever capacity we feel most comfortable with so i really hope that you guys feel a little bit more prepared and um, ready to speak with your state senators and representatives um, and let us know if you um If we can help you, if you have any other questions related to advocacy, um, let us know. And if you have any suggestions for future podcasts, or if you'd like to be a resident expert on the air, (laughs) what should they do, Taylor? Um, They should tweet us at TASP online, and um, we would love to have you. Great. My mom can only be on so many podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the TASP podcast, which was hosted today by Taylor Biondi and Katherine Price. Our special guest was my mom, Pam Price. 
Original music was composed by Bert Bolden, who also managed our recording. And we have two good boy in 